Begin the current time, Sechtes Babakama Dav Tzadiches. Begin four lines down by the top of the Yomit. But the Gemara continues in the related discussion from the previous stuff. Our Gemara was discussing different damages that come to different coins, to Matbeis. And the reason for that is because one of the halachas that our Mishnah was talking about was regarding these two different categories, which one of the items was regarding a psul in the Matbeya and damaging a coin which was stolen, one regarding Hezek Nikr and one Hezek She'en Nikr. And that is when someone takes a coin and cracks it, so then he has to pay Kishas Gzela because that is a real Shinoi, and then the Gazans claim it, and he has to pay from that moment onwards. Whereas if, let's say, it becomes puzzle, where there was a Machlikas in the Gemara, to the extent of that, it became voided, it wasn't used as currency anymore, but that's a Hezek Shein and Nikr, that would be, he could just give it back, Harish al give it, give it back as it is. So continuing on those halachas about damaging someone else's coins, the Gemara brings Amar Rabbah. And the Gemara brings a few different halachas from Rabbah that they ask on this halacha, and they all share this theme about being exempt because it's just a grama. It's just indirect cause for Bitibichai, but in the other, you have to do an, an actual physical direct damage. So Amar Rabbah explains, Someone throws someone else's coin into the Great Sea. Now, even though the guy can't get to it, it's in the Great Sea, still potter. The guy who threw it in is going to be exempt, as the Gemara is going to explain. My time, what's the reason? So Amar, because the guy who threw it into the sea, says, Here, it's there in front of you. If you want, go ahead and take it. It's still here. I didn't burn it. I didn't pulverize it. I didn't destroy it. It's still there. Just go ahead and take it. Now, as Rabbi explains, but that's only if the water is clear. The kachazile, that he sees it. It's there on the bottom of the ocean, but you could see it. But if the water is murky at the time when the guy threw it into the water, to like kachazile, where he can't even see it, then light, then not. That would be an actual physical act of damaging, of destroying the thing, because he literally threw it in. Now it's disappeared. Now you can't see it anymore. That's not just a grama or causation. It's actual damage. In such a case, he would be chayv. Now, moreover, qualifies the Gemara. This whole halacha that we said is going to be potter is only if the guy was holding his coin and this other guy pushed his hand, which made him fall and to push it into the water, into the sea. So since, as we explained the case, that the water is clear and you could see it, so you could tell him, look, go ahead, it's there, you still have it, it's not lost. Now, although obviously he can't get it, he's going to have to hire some deep sea divers to go in and get the coin, so that's going to be a huge loss for him, but that's what's known in Halach as a grama. He just caused him to have an indirect way of a loss that he has to pay someone to go out and get his coin. Grama bin Zak and his potter. Something causing someone else damages that wasn't direct, one is exempt. So therefore, that would be where Rabbi was saying is Allah. But if the guy takes it by his hand and then throws it into the sea, then makes a ghastly. Essentially, he stole the coin. So then he has to do a full return of Hashavah's Gzela. Then he's going to be chayv, even though the water is clear and he can see it. That's considered Gzela. But just pushing the guy's hand, which is from the halachas of damages, that he never took it from him, that if the water is clear, he's going to be exempt. Because again, as we said, because of the halach of Grama bin Izakan. Now, this halach of Rabbah must have Rabbah. Rabbah asks from the following b'risa. The b'risa says, Ein mechalin, one cannot deconsecrate Meisr Sheni, which is, again, as we explained the previous stuff, one takes of Truma, which is approximately one-fiftieth from his crop, then Meisr Rishon, which is given to the Levi, one-tenth, then a second tithe, Meisr Sheni, besides the third and the sixth year of the Shemitah cycle, he goes and he brings up the fruits up to Yerushalayim. If he doesn't want to, he could deconsecrate them, meaning exchange it for money and bring the money up to Yerushalayim. Says the Bryce, you cannot be mechal Meisr Sheni, al mo'i Sheni 
regarding monies, which is his, but it's not in his domain. Explains the Baisa case. What, what type of case would that be talking about? Let's say Hayla Mois be Kistra. Let's say he has Mois and money in this place called Kistra, which is very, very far. It's very dangerous to get there. There's no caravans, no easy way of getting there. Or also a very distant place. Let's say his purse fell into the great sea. So he has money. It's just not really accessible. It's not Bershusai. Says the Brysa, ain't Mechalan. So then you can't use that as a chil for the money, for the Maisa Shani to say, oh, it's deconsecrated the money because it's not accessible. So ask Rava what you see from this Brysa is that when you have your purse in the Yamagodl, it's like it's lost. It's like it's not extant. You don't have it. So therefore, why does Rabbi say you're going to be exempt? That's ruining, that's, that is losing it. Although you can see it, it's slow and it's clear, but that's considered lost as we see over here you, it, because you don't consider it the guy's money anymore. That's why it can't be Mechal Maisel on such monies. So Rabbi, Rabbi says, no, That price is different because it's discussed in the Lachas of Maiser. You need it to be accessible in your hand. Because the Torah tells in the Varim, the halach of Chilu Meiser, Mois Meiser, it says, that you'll bind up the money in your hand. And you don't have that. So, regarding the halachas of Hezek, it's not true. It is accessible. It's there. Go ahead and get, a, get someone to go deep down in the water and get a few. It's not lost. Now, although it's not lost, and therefore it's not a direct Hezek, and at the most it would be, it would be a grumma, because now he has to have some deep sea diver to go ahead and get that. But regarding the Lachas of Meister, it is going to be not lost, but lacking in the ability of doing Chil on it because it can't just be that you have it. It has to be Bershuscha. It has to be something that is accessible for you. And that's because it says Vetzartak has to be a Decha, which you don't have if it's in the Yamagadol. Another Halach of Amar Rabbah. Rabbah says, Hashaf, someone diminishes the image of Matbeah Shelchaveroi from the coin of his friend, then Pater, he's exempt. My time, what's the reason? The He didn't do anything. The coin is still a coin. He just effaced the, the, the surface. He flattened it out, but the coin is all there. Whatever content was there is there. He just took away the face. So again, as we explained, at most it's going to be a grum, and now he just can't use it anymore. But it's not a direct damage of the actual object. Now, explains the Gemara, That's only if he banged it with a hammer, and then he flattened it out like a flat stone. If, but if the way he got rid of the face, the image that's, great, that, that's on the coin, is that he filed it down with that like the, like the smiths use, then then he actually has diminished some of the coin, and that's something physical, an actual damage, and that's not just a grama. And again, as we explained, because all the reasons of these halachas of rabba are all because of grama and nizak, and that's why you potter, it's only if you flatten it out. So that's indirect cause, now you can't use it anymore. But if you actually file it down, and that's why it's smooth now, you actually took away some of the coin, that would be actual damage. For that, you'd be liable. Now, Masa Rabba, Rabba asked on this halacha of Rabba, from the following Bryce. So the Bryce says, he If someone bangs someone else on his eye and cause him to go blind, or on his ear and he cause him to go deaf, so in regards to one's Eved, Eved Kanani, that causes him to go free. Because if you just ruin one of his 24 Rosh arm, that frees him. So what you see from this halacha is that even though he didn't diminish anything of him, where everything is still intact, but since he didn't act to the physical body of the slave, we don't consider that as a grama, as a cause. Rather, we consider it as an actual physical damage. So therefore, Rabbi is asking from this halacha, so too over here, if you flatten out 
the coin and that's how you face it and therefore cause a loss of money to that person, that's an actual physical act to the body itself. We don't consider that as a grammar, just like we see by the slave, where you didn't cause any actual physical diminishment, any deficiency in him, it, it just, meaning that something should be lacking, it's just that you didn't act to him, which then causes damage. So that's the same as the coin, where you didn't take away anything from the coin, but by the fact that you changed it, and you did a, a physical act to the body of that subject, that that is considered, as we see over here, an actual act to free the slave, so to obey to be chayv on that hezek. Whereas the Bryce just concludes, but let's say he did it, didn't even touch his eye, but opposite the guy's eye, and that made him that he can't see now, or or a large bang opposite his ear, and now he can't hear, then then the Bryce concludes, okay, for that the slave doesn't go free, because that he didn't do any physical act to the body. But what Rav is asking to Rabbi is, but when you do a physical act, even if it's not taking away anything from the thing, then you see that that is considered hezek, to free the slave, and therefore so to, to be liable for the case of the coin, which you said that you're potter when you just flatten out the face. So I think my answer is no. Rabbi Rabbi answers according to his reasoning that it's actually not a difficulty. Rabbi, Rabbi said, If someone causes his father to go deaf, he gets killed. Why? Because he explains it's not possible to make someone to go deaf without an actual wound. And the halacha is that the person that hits his father and mother, the says he dies, it's only if it's a wound which caused the blood to be removed from the capillaries to come to the surface, to come out of that where it's contained. Now, that happens when, when a person goes deaf, because what happens is that actually a drop of blood falls into his ear, and that is, it's not just... On, like on the surface, you don't see anything. Inside the eardrum, there's some blood that's coming out, which actually is what caused him to go deaf. Therefore, what, Rab, what the Gemara is explaining for Rabbi is that by an Evid, when you cause him to go deaf, it actually is a chisarn. You're not just doing a physical act. It's a physical act that has a chisarn. Some blood is coming out. So, therefore, that's going to be the equivalent of the case of when they actually like, file down the coin, where their Rabbi agreed that you're going to be chayv. Whereas when you just flatten it out, then that's what Rab, that's, that's what Rab, Rab is saying, that you're going to be exempt, because you, you, although you did a physical act, but you didn't diminish anything, and therefore there's no difficulty from the price that Rab is bringing, because they're actually, you're doing, you're, there's a physical chesar in this happening, not just a physical act. In contrast, again, to when you do it opposite the ear, the reason why over there you don't have to be concerned is because that's just a grama, just a cause. You didn't even do a physical act, even though, let's say, something is lacking, where some blood is coming out of the ear. Another halacha from Amar Rabbah, Rabbah says, Hatsayim Eizen Parasit Shechavev, someone nicks the ear of his friend's cow. So Pater, he's exempt for making that small little nick in his ear. My time, what's the reason? Because Parka the Kaimakaim, the cow is as it was. The love of Elimidi, he didn't do anything to the cow. Now, the one area that there would be is that now he can't be brought as a carbon, because you can't have any pagan. But for Kulush Ram, all oxen are not meant to be brought as carbonus. Not every animal is going to be brought as a carbon. And therefore, that's not considered a direct hazik. At the most, it would be a grama that now he can't use as a carbon. That's not considered a liability for hazik. On this halacha, Masab Rava. Again, Rava asks from the following b'risa on this halacha of Rava. The b'risa says, If someone does work with the water that's prepared to be used, what's known in the procedure of the paraduma, which they take the ashes of the paraduma and they mix it with this water, and they sprayed on the person that's tummy on day three and day seven. It became tummy from in con- coming in contact with a corpse, and then it becomes tar. 
So let's say a way of doing work with this water, how do you do work with this water is, let's say you use it as a weight. You're weighing something opposite this water. Or let's say Uber Paraschatas. Or let's say you did work with the actual cow itself that's being used for the paraduma, which the halach is that the paraduma and all that, the, 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 those that come along with the paraduma become invalidated if you do work with it. So it says the Bryce, So you're exempt from liabilities in, in courts on earth. But in heaven, you're going to be liable because you invalidated, but on, on, on here, you're going to be exempt. So it explains the Gemara. The reason why you're exempt by doing work with it, although it invalidated it, which is a huge loss, paraduma, it's not even easy to find one, but still because it's not a recognizable damage. Um, and therefore, you're part of the other, but of course, because in heaven, they know what a liability you caused. What you could infer from this price is that if you nick let's say, the ear of the paraduma, where there the, rec- the damage is recognizable, that would sound like then you are going to be liable within the other. That contradicts what Rabbi said, that it says if you nick the ear of an animal, although it's going to cause a loss for being brought as a carbon, that's not going to be chayiv within the other. So not Ami, they answered, they said, no, it's not true. It's actually like Rabbi, that not only if you just did work with it, which is not recognizable, even if you nick the ear, which is recognizable, you would also be potter. Because again, as we said, it's just a grammar. Now, so, but then why do we say a case of unrecognizable, like doing work? Why don't we say the bigger chiddish, of that even when you nick the ear, you're going to be potter with any other. So that thing says, no, the chiddish of the Bryce was the other way around. What was teaching us is that even doing work with it was after you finish doing work with it, you don't recognize anything that intrinsic of a psul in the animal or in the water, still chaybedin ishamayim. They were saying the chiddush the other way, that even there you'll be liable for that the hands of heaven. But you're right, bedin the adam, the p'tur is not just on malacha, but even on tzayim azna, even there you're going to be exempt. Another halacha for v'amarabba, another halacha with this uh, concept of grama. Hasayv sh'tarish ha'chaveri patim, someone burns his friend's document, his deed, He's exempt. Because he tells him, I just burnt a piece of paper. What I do? And of course, it's a huge grama. He's going to lose whatever it is he's able to collect. But that's a grama. A grama is like your The actual damage was a piece of paper. Okay, paper, I'll pay you for paper. But the actual loss, he's exempt. On that mask, Rabbi asks, he says, I don't understand this halacha that Rabbi is telling us. Hey, what's the case talking about? As we continue to if there are witnesses who know what was written in the document, now there's no document. We don't know what was even there. <coughs> the paper is burnt. If there are witnesses who knew what was written over there, so look to let them go ahead and write them a new document. They know they're witnesses. They can write a new document. Witnesses can verify that this is what it said over there, and that whatever this guy owes him money with the deed that he has. And if there are no witnesses who know what was written over there, from then where do we know what was written over there? And what this guy allegedly should have to pay him for that loss, what does Rabbi have to even have to tell us that he's exempt? Of course he's exempt. Because if there's Adam, then actually they could write of him. So what would you say he's potter? If there's no Adam, so though of course we can't make the guy who burned the libel. We don't even know what was written over there. So Rabbi, Rabbi explains to Hebe You could explain the case of Rabbi where there's two Gersoyas and Rashi, either that the, the owner of the document believed the one who burnt it, or the one who burnt it believed the one who owed the document. Either way, is that they both agree they know what was written in it. They said that it said that Reuben owed Shimon $1,000. Now there's no more document. Now Reuben's going to deny it. But this guy burnt Shimon's document, and that is where the halach is being said by Rabbah, that still he's going to be potter. 
So we know how much it was. Still, you're a potter because it's a grama. Now, Amr Avdim Barchanin, he actually explains the Hadar Rabbah, this Allah of Rabbah, is actually, he says, a machlekis of Shimon Rabbanah. It's actually dependent on the machlekis of Shimon and Rabbanah. Where Rabbi Shimon, according to Rabbi Shimon, which we mentioned on Daf Ein Dalam and Beis and Perik Merubah, which came up in the discussion regarding certain karbanas, that there's a chiv of achrayis, and then therefore there is a ramification regarding if someone steals that carbon from the guy who has that carbon. So Rabbi Shimon Dama that he said over there, Dava Grim Lamami that something that is not the guy's own money, it doesn't even have value of money for him, but it could cause value of money for him, which is that then there's a liability that he has. So then he considers it like money itself, according to his opinion, Mikhaev. In, such, in this halach of Rab, Rabbi Shimon would hold that the guy who burned the document would be chayed, because although he didn't burn his money, he just burned a piece of paper, but it's, it, it's a girl moment. This document is what allows him to collect $1,000. It's a causation for money, and therefore it's like, it's like money, according to Rabbi Shimon. And therefore he would be chayed. Rabbanan da'amri dava girl according to Rabbanan would say that, no, it, it's not money. It, it's a cause for money. But it's not like money, so then Then according to them, Rabbi would be correct that then there would not be any chiv because it's only a dava grem l'mamet. That's what a shtar is. Now, on this classification of Rav Dim Bachanina, Maskevla Rav Hun Nebarei Dabi Yeshua. He asked, wait a second, you're telling me Rabbi's halacha is dependent on the of Shimon Rabbanan? Where you tell me that Rabbi is not like Rav Shimon? He says, no. Where do we find, Rav Shimon says this halachic concept, that even though it's not actual money, but it's a document that has the same value in, in causing monetary value. So then it's like mammon. That's Madhavashi Karim Mammon. That's only by something that it's primacy. It's, it is money itself. Kidrabba, like Rabba said. Dhamma Rabba Rabba said, Gazl Khamitz Lafnea Pesach. He said that if someone steals Khamitz, a loaf of bread before Pesach, or Ba'ach Basarfa, now somebody comes along and burns the stolen bread that the thief had. So if it's bemayed, if it's in the proper time, meaning six hours into Erev Pesach, which is the time of when we have to do beer chametz, we have to get rid of the chametz, says Rabbah, then everyone would agree that Pater, the one who burnt it, is going to be exempt. Because at this point in time, everybody's got to burn the chametz. So although now the thief can't return the chametz, and this guy, because this guy burnt it from him, thus causing him a loss of not being able to get back the bread, that was something that was appropriately done by the guy that got burnt it, because there's an obligation on the Gazan right now to burn the Chomets. So therefore, that wasn't something that he did to make himself liable to pay the Gazan, that now he can't use the loaf of bread to give it back to the guy who stole it from. But La'achra Pesach, if let's say the, the Gazan has this loaf of bread, and it's after Pesach. Now, there's no halacha beer Chomets now. Now, but it is Asabahana. And now someone else comes and burns that loaf of bread that the Gazan had. That says Rabbah, Machlik is Rabb Shimon Rabbanan. So now he comes to Machlik is Rabb Shimon and Rabbanan. Lirib Shimon Damadava Grim Lamami Kamamadami Kron, Rabb Shimon that says that something that could cause monetary value, where in this case, the loaf of bread, although it's Asabana, he can go ahead and give it back to the guy that he stole it from. Now that this guy's burning it from him, it's causing him a loss, then Chayim. Then the guy who burnt it is going to be liable to pay to the Goslin the value of that loaf of bread. Because, as we said, it's a Dawagrim Lamamun, because it would still be extant. So then he would be able to return what he stole, this loaf of bread, to the owner. He'd be exempt. Because, as we learned in the Mishnah of Tzalivavma Beis, someone steals Chametz and Oval of a Pesach, Pesach already passed him by. He could tell to the owner, Although it's Chametz, you can't do anything with it now, it's already after Pesach. He could say, But look, it's the same loaf of bread, I'm returning it to you. But now that it's not extant anymore, now that it's burned by that guy, 
he has to give pay back actual money to the guy who stole from. So therefore, the one who burned the bread has to get, pay that to the Gazan, who can then use that to pay up the guy he stole from. But says Rabba, but let's say according to Rabbanan that say that even though it would cause monetary loss for the Gazan by having it burnt up, but it's not like actual money, then then the guy who burnt it up is going to be exempt. So and that is what Rav Huna Breeder of Yeshua is explained from this halacha of Rabba. It's only by halacha, like by Chametz Bepesach, where we say Rav Shimon's halacha concept. Because, primarily, meaning in the beginning, this loaf of bread was actual money. It, that's how bartering works. It's, it's, it has intrinsic value. So now, even though it's not worth anything anymore, because already after Pesach, when then the Chametz becomes Asaba, no, you can't derive any benefit from it, but it's still at least a garim lamamen, it's still cause for money because by letting it be burned, now he's going to have to pay money instead of just giving back the bread. Maybe over there did Rabbi Shimon say this halacha concept. But by documents where it's bedavashayni karim mamen, where it never had intrinsic value, it's a piece of paper. Me, Amrina, did Rabbi Shimon say that that would be considered a davagrim lamamen to be like mamen itself? And therefore he says, who said, who said that Rib Shimon would disagree with Rabbi Salacha, maybe only says Davagram Lamamun when it was when it started off as the actual Mammon itself. Which then something happened to it. Now it's only Davagram Lamamun, then it'll be considered like Mammon. But if it was never an intrinsic worth, then who said he ever says that that has Alacha like Mammon itself? Now Amar Meme, he comes from a, a different angle. He says that regarding this Alacha of Rabbi, that if someone burns someone else's document, that he's going to be exempt. So the previous discussion was regarding the Machlekes of Shimon Rabban, and do we apply that concept of Dava Gurm Lamamun Because on some level, it's a Gurm Lamamun. Amemer comes from a different angle. It says, Man Doin Dina De Garmi, which we're going with Rashi's opinion that says Garmi and Grama, which some Rishonim do differentiate, he considers it the same thing. This halacha concept of causation, some Rishonim differentiate between uh, the, uh, how indirect is the cause, is it an immediate cause, indir- albeit indirectly, or a later on delayed cause. But Rashi's interpretation is that it's all the same. So, Amemer says, which is the opinion of Remeyer, which is brought later on of Kofi who judges liability for causation, that it was just a grama, so says Amemer Magvive. So, according to him, he would collect the amount of what was said on the document, which we said they both agree, what was written in there, to collect from the guy who burnt it, because that's a grama, that's a cause for a loss, of Dimeshtar Ba'aliyah. He's going to have to pay up the entire value of the document because he caused him to lose that, which would not be the way Rabbah said it. But the ones who do not judge and hold liability for indirect causes, then he would only be able to collect the value of a piece of paper, and it wouldn't be liable for the whole content of what was written in that document. Now the Gemara tells how Ovdid actually was an incident where Vikafi Rafram Ravashi. Rafram forced Ravashi, who had burnt his friend's document when he was a child, the Agvibe, and he collected from him a total collection, whatever was written in the document, Kikeshura Litsalma, meaning a total payment from his from from Ravashi's highest quality fields, which the word Kekeshura Litzalma means like this beam, which is chosen from all the other beams, to go ahead and use it to create images, which is what a Tzalma is, because you, you want one that's really smooth and that's really perfect. That's how the high quality he went and collected from him. In other words, like this halacha of Remeir, 
which is to pay what was written in the in the in the content, what was written in the, that in the deed itself, not the piece of paper, but what the loan that was there, whatever was that is there. Raphim forced Ravashi to pay that all from the idus of his nachasim all the way. He made him go and pay it up like keshur l'talma, the highest quality type of payment. Again, because of this halacha of being done dina degami. So the Gemara quotes from the halacha of our Mishnah that chametz va'avolav pesach. So it spoke about the second category of the Mishnah, where, uh, in the, where it's hezek she'en and nikr, unrecognizable damages like chametz that passed by Pesach, where the loaf of bread looks the same, but it's obviously has no value anymore because it's asabana. still, the gazling can tell him, look, here is your thing, I'm giving it right back to you. He doesn't pay what's called kashasak zela, which was when it was worth money. Now it's not worth anything, he can just tell him, take it back. Now, on that, the Gemara asks, Man Tana, who is the Tana of our Mishnah that, that we say by things that are forbidden to have any benefit from it, at least but that it's through a Hezek chain and Nikr, where it's, indirect, it's, it's unrecognizable damage, that Harishal Chalav and you say, here, behold, this is your thing in front of you, go ahead and take it, and it's considered like he gave back, and he doesn't have to pay him any money for the laws of what he stole from him from before Pesach, and now it's not worth anything after Pesach. So, Rav Chisli says, he's going like Rav Yaakov, the Tana of the Brisa. Shur Shehemis, an ox that kills a person, and then the owner sells the ox, before the conclusion of the court case. I mean, once the court case is concluded, then the animal becomes Asabah. No, he has to be stoned. But before the end of the court case, where it wasn't, there's no verdict that was pronounced yet, so says the Braissa, so the sale is a valid sale. Moreover, actually, the ox does not get stoned anymore, because although an ox that kills a person gets stoned, the halacha is that we need that the, the, the death of the person and the court case has to be by one owner, as we learned in Perak Shoshanagach, Dalad Vehei. So since here we're before the conclusion of the court case, it already switched owners. So it's a valid sale. And Hektesh Muktash. And let's say he was Maktashit before the court case was concluded. It's considered Hektesh. Shachatoy, if he slaughters the animal, Besar Mutr, the meat is permitted. If let's say it was a Shimer, that in his domain when he was watching it, it Gordon killed a person. If he returns it to the owner before the conclusion of the court case of the verdict, so Muxa is considered like he returned it to him and the Shemr is going to be exempt from liabilities, which <laughs> you ruined my ox, my ox is going to get stoned. No, he returned it before and it's considered that he returned it. Now, says the Braisa, but Mishnigma Dinoi. But if let's say the verdict was already passed, the court case was adjourned, and they concluded that he's going to be stoned, this, this ox. Then the sale is not a valid sale. If you mark the shit, it's not considered hektish. If you slaughter it, the meat is going to be forbidden. If the, if the shem wants to return it now to the owner, it's not considered return. It's already It's already worth nothing. You can't return it. You can't slaughter it. It's already done. That's the town of Kama. He says, no, even at the conclusion of the court case, if he returned it to the owner, it's considered returned. So explains the Gemara, isn't this what they're disagreeing about, which is the halacha of our Mishnah? He holds, you say, but even if it's forbidden to have any benefit from it, meaning after the court case, when they adjourn and the ox is going to be stoned, so though he's still alive, breathing, it's a regular, full-fledged, vigorous animal, but it's asabahana, which again, as we said, happened by itself, that he could say, Harish al could say, here, behold, Mr. Owner, take back your shirt that you gave me to watch. What do you mean? It's not worth anything. Yeah, but look at it. It's an unrecognizable damage, even though it's asabahana, take it back. And therefore he says, it's considered returning it, which is like the Allah of our Mishnah, like Chamesh Ava Pesach, which is asabahana. 
But Rabbanu Sabri, they said, no, they said, you can't say that. What, take it back, take it backwards. I gave you an ox worth $5,000. Now it's worth zilch, zero. They said, you can't return that to me. So seemingly, the halacha of our mission is like a biak of So Amalei Rabbah, so Rabbah said to Rav Chizda, loy. No. The kule alma amrina bisurah no harishal chabanacha. Actually, everybody agrees that by something that's forbidden, you could say, behold, this is your take it back. And therefore, the halacha of our mission of Chametz Mepesach would be even like the Rabbanan. Now, and he even proves this point. It says, because the im came, because it would be, like you wanted to say, that according to Rabbanan, we don't say harishal chabanacha by surah no. Then instead of disagreeing as they do in this brayso regarding the case of a shomer watching a shur that was then pronounced that he's going to become a shur in Pesach, let them disagree regarding the Allah of our mishnah of when someone steals chametz and there's overlap of pesach. Why don't they use that case? Obviously, because that case, even the rabbanon would agree that you could say rishal chalaf even though it's an asr you could give it back as it is. So Elam Rabba, rather Rabba explains that Hach will be here by the case where they do disagree in the Brisa, with the ox that killed the person, the Rabbanan say that once the Gemar Din, once the verdict was passed down, that then the Rabbanan say you can't return it anymore, that's for a different reason. That's because their Machlekes is regarding the Halacha, can you, can you have the court case prosecuting the ox who killed the person to have him stoned, can you do that if the ox is not present by the court case? Rabbanan Sabi, Rabbanan hold, you cannot conclude the court case. You can't have the court case to prosecute the ox if he's not around. So therefore, the Amar so therefore, the owner tells to the Shemer that this Isra Hana that you're telling me that the ox is not worth anything, that is not the same thing as Chamet Shavol of Pesach, which the Rabban agree, that it's just uh, a no that happens by itself. Yeah, if it happens by itself, that's uh, something that's indirect, and it has a chain in it. Then you can return that to the original owner. But this is where the owner is telling the Shemer, no, 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 no. You actively, with your hands, killed my animal. How so? Because you brought the animal to court. And that is, E-I-C-C in says the owner to the Shemer, had you brought the ox to me, have my rikna leilagma, I would have fled with him to the swamps. And they couldn't have had, had, had prox- have prosecuted him because the ox has to be there. Hashta mesarte biyad, now you gave over my ox in the hands of man, somebody, that I can't litigate with him, it's over. Once you give it to the courts, they're going to have the court case and they're going to prosecute it. So you be dying by giving over the animal to the courts, you went and damaged my animal. Because yes, for the fact that it became us about no, no, that you didn't do that. You could say Rishul Chalvanacha, but that's not the point over here. The point is that you gave over the animal, and, they, and the Rabban hold that you can't prosecute if the animal wasn't there. That you caused the damage to my animal. And therefore, they say you can't return it anymore because you damaged it. You already made it worth. You took it down from the five thousand dollar value to the zero value. Whereas Rabbi Yaakov Sabah, he disagrees. He holds no goyim and dinishal shoshalei You could conclude the court case against the ox, even if the ox is not there. And therefore the Amalei that the Shemit tells to the owner, my Avdilei, what did I do to you? Saif Saif, at the end of the day, have a they anyways would have prosecuted him, even if he wasn't over there. And therefore, Rabbi Yaakov says, he's going to be exempt because it is like a case of Chamesh Allah Pesach, which everyone does agree by Yisrael, I know you could say, Rishon Chalaf Anacha. And it's not going to say it has to be a dime because the fact that I gave over the ox to the court doesn't make a difference because they could have prosecuted him when he was there or when he was not there. So therefore, again, the halacha, according to Rabbah of our Mishnah, 
could be both like Rabbanan and according to uh, and, and, and according to Rabbi Yaakov, because everyone agrees by a hezek de memela she'en and nicker, you could say Arisha Cholaf It's only over here where they disagree regarding was it hezek be yadayim because can you prosecute the ox shalay b'fanav or not? Barashi does point out, however, that the end of the Mishnah most definitely has to be like Rabbi Yaakov and not like Rabbanan, because the Mishnah concludes the case of that even if it's going out to be stoned, he tells to him that, behold, this is for you, it's in front of you, which as the Mepharshim explained that Rashi was drawing a parallel between this and the case of the Brisem, which is that the Shemer gave it over to the courts, where there the Rabbanan would hold that you can't say therefore that must be like as we said in the case of sure that they disagree here in the Brisa, obviously that would not be like Rabban and only like Rabbi Yaakov, but, but one thing the Gemara is proving is that at least regarding the Allah of Chametz of Pesach, there that doesn't have to be like Rabbi Chizah said, like Rabbi Yaakov, that could even be, says Rabba, even like Rabban. Now, the Gemara says that Ashkechi Rav Chizah Rabba Bar Rav Chizah encountered Rabba Bar So Amalei, he said to him, Tonis midi bi did you did you learn anything in the Halachas of Isuri Hano? Now, as Rashi explains, what Rav Chiz was attempting to do, he was looking for a Tanoig source, which would show a machloikis in the halacha of when someone stole chametz of a Pesach, to show that, oh, there is an opinion that holds that you cannot say Arishal Chalavanecha, which would show that the Rabban hold that you cannot say Be'isura no Arishal Chalavanecha, which would prove his point, not like the way Rabbi was contesting and saying that, no, that the Rabban agree that you could say Arishal Chalavanecha Be'isura no, and their halacha by Shar is a different halacha regarding can you be goyim redinai shaloi b'fun of the, of the Shar. So therefore he wanted to find Tanakh source that would show that there is such a machlekes by Yisur HaNah. So Amalei, so Rabbi Bar Shmuel responded to Rav Chiz's query, says, actually in, yes, I actually have Tanina. And we learned the following b'risa regarding this halacha of Yisur HaNah. What is it? So the b'risa brings the Pasuk in Meyukah that says, V'heshev es that the goslin, the, the, the thief, has to return what he stole. Now, Matamalama Ashagazl, it says Vahesh Vazali should return the stolen object. Ashagazl that he stole. What is this teaching? If you if you if you return the stolen object, it's obviously what you stole. So says the Brysa, it's Yahzuk Ain Shagazl. It means to say he has to return it as it was when he stole it. Now, Mikan Amr from here they say, says the Brysa, that if Ghazlamat Bayavinifsal, if he steals a coin and then becomes void, or pairs for kivu, or he has produce that then rots. Or yain behechmitz, or wine that then sours, which actually the Vilna Gain, the Goy actually has the gears of the hikrim, which is not as ruinous as souring. And the reason for that is that we'll see shortly, because those are actually cases when you have to be Misham Kshas as we learned in our Mishnah, whereas hikrim, you could say the halacha that we're going to quote. And in the case of Paris of Rekiva, actually the Gemara is going to ask on that case. But be that as it may, Chumavanitmis, or he if he stole truma and then it became tameh, or chametz vavel of a Pesach, or chametz that then Pesach passed it by, or behem of an evdeba or he stole an animal which then a sin was done with it, where it was sodomized or used by the Zara, or v'sharach nigmadina, or an ox that before the court case was concluded, which again, the, the, the halacha that we see by all these cases are that they're hezek that happens by itself, which are enoi nikr, that there, there he could say, here, behold, this is your thing. This is exactly what it was. It's, it's, it's Asher Gazel. It's what it was when it was stolen. Where although that it's, it's not use, use, it's useless now. It's Isur Hana. But still, by Isur Hana, you could say, Arisha Cholofanecha. Now, Man Shamatle, the Amar, Achle Nigmer Dina In. So concludes Rabbah Bar Shmuel that what you could take out 
and distilled from this Bryce is, who is it that says that Ashley Nigmer Dino in, that yes, by the shard that's going to be stoned, because he killed a person, that when could you still return it to the owner? Before the Gemar Din, but Mishnigma Din Eloi, but if the court case was already adjourned, that then you cannot return it to the owner. Who says that? That as we learned in the previous price. So that's the Rabbanan, because Rabbi Yaakov holds even after the Gemar Din you could return it to the owner. Vuktani, and still that the Rabbanan teach us, that if it's Chametz that he stole, which then passed through Pesach, that that he could tell to the owner, here, behold, this is your thing in front of you. So says Rabbi Shmuel, you want, you had a question for me, did I learn anything regarding Yisra? No. Yes, what I learned and what you conclude from that is that even the Rabbanu who dispute Rabbi Yaakim hold that by Yisra no, you could tell Rishon Cholofanecha. So Malay Surah Chizda said to him, if you find the Bnei Yeshiva, don't tell them this b'risa because they're going to be so happy rejoicing because they obviously found a b'risa that will refute my interpretation. I was saying the Allah of our Mishnah must be like Rabbi Yaakov Nagdrabanon because obviously I was interpreting that what are they disagreeing regarding the shar that's going to be stoned. Regarding, uh, it's a Hezek Shein in Nikr, but it's a Yisra Hanah. Rabbanan say you can't say, you cannot say Rishon HaBanecha. Yaakov says you could. Oh, obviously because they disagree regarding Yisra Hanah, that would be the same as the case in our Mishnah, Muhammad's Pesach. Which Rabbah, and then the Bryce says the same thing, he said no. Rabbanan say that you could say, by Chamech Avla Pesach, HaRishon HaBanecha. And therefore, so why do they disagree by the Shur? That's as we said, because that would be dependent on this halacha of could you make a Gmar Din of the Shur, Shleibafanov, where since the Shemir gave over the Shur to the Bezdin, that's considered Hezek Biyadayim, and that's why it'd be Chayev, but by a Hezek that was Memela, that's Shein and Nikr, there the Rabbana would agree, and therefore they could be the town of a Mishnah, at least in that halacha, of saying, by now, one thing, as we alluded to, the question is that the Bryce mentioned Paris Vehikivu. The person stole produce, which then rotted. You could tell to the owner, here, take your Paris as it is. Now, not to get more asked, but now we learn our Mishnah, which were these two categories that we keep on mentioning. Paris Vehikivu was from the first category. If there's produce that then rotted, they has to pay how much it was when it was stolen because that's. A recognizable damage. That's a real shina kina of gazela, and therefore you have to pay how much it was worth before. Not you can't just say take back the rotten produce. So how could the Bryce quote that as one of the cases of an unrecognizable damage, which you could say harisha chalafanacha? That Amr Papa he says no. Our mission is told matkan sherekibu kulan. It totally rotted. That's a noticeable damage. That's something that is considered shina kina for gazela to be chayev for how much it was worth kishas gazela. And here the Bryce is talking about a very normative type of rotting where just a little bit of it rotted. That's considered a, not a significant recognizable damage. There you could say, like, although that's something that's ruined, he could still say, that wouldn't be a shinakaina. And therefore, again, that's where the Vilna Goyen had the girsa by Yain, because or else you would have the same question over there. Yain Hikmets was also one of those, which we said, Therefore, it's not the Hikmets, rather it's the Hikrim, which is also very little type of getting ruined, like Sherkivu, Mikhtasan, and therefore you could say, Harish Lefanacha. Now the Gemara continues with the next Mishnah, and continuing in the theme of the previous Mishnah, is regarding making a change in something, like we found by Goslin, so too we're going to find by professionals, by craftsmen, when you give them something and they change from what it was supposed to be, to create a liability. So the Mishnah says, Nasan Lu'umnin Lusakin Let's say someone gives something to a craftsman to fix, and he ruins it. They're liable to pay. Let's say, let's say someone, someone gives something to a carpenter 
he gives him a, a sheda, which is a type of a carriage which is used to transport women, or a table, or a box, or a migdal, or a tower, lesakin, to fix, bekilkan, he ruins it. Again, chayv l'sham, he has to pay. Let's say so to v'habanai, a builder, shekibu l'olav, lister esakaisel. He took upon himself the job to destroy a wall. Now, but the problem is, you're just supposed to dismantle the wall. But he actually, v'shibra avonam, or shazik, and he actually broke the bricks, or he ruined them. So chayv l'sham, he has to pay. Let's say how you say Let's say he was taking apart the wall from this side and it fell from the other side of the wall. Then Pata then is going to be exempt because that's not a direct damage that he did. That's just something that caused that the other side to fall. Now, but if it was the cause of his banging, which caused it to, directly to fall, then he would be liable. Like more qualifies Allah of our Mishnah. Amr Vasi says, we didn't learn that there's a liability for this craftsman who didn't do the job and he ruined it. If he gave to the carpenter, he gave him these boxes, whether it be a carriage or a box or a tower, he gave him to knock in a nail. Now, problem is, so he knocked in a nail, but he broke it. That's when he'll be liable. But if, let's say, he gave to the carpenter just wood, he didn't give him a box that was already there, and then to knock in a nail, there was no box. He gave him wood. To make a box out of it. And then he made a box out of it. And then he knocked in the nail. And then he broke it. Then says Ravasi, then Potter. Actually, then he's going to be exempt. My time, what's the reason? Because he holds what's called The craftsman actually acquires the object with the increase in value that he made it into a cleat. And that is essentially what's happening is, is that he's buying the wood. He then makes it, the box, and then he sells it back. Although it sounds like he's paying him for the job, in a sense, he actually acquires it because of the increase that he made for the kli. So if he gives him a kli and then he breaks it, okay, it's higher for the kli that he ruined. But if he didn't give him a kli, you gave him wood and he turned it into a kli, he acquired it. Now that he breaks it, he didn't break your kli. He, he, just, he just has to give you back the wood. He's not liable for the damages of the shvach, of the kli, of breaking the box. That's what Ravasi says. Now that asked the Gemara, it's not what we're looking at our Mishnah, it says, If someone gives something to a craftsman to fix, and he ruins it, so he has to pay. Says the Gemara, my love isn't it talking about from the fact that it doesn't differentiate the Yablu Eitzen, that even if he gave him wood, and then he turned it into a box, and then he broke it, that he would be chayiv for that damage. So you see, not like Ravasi. Says the Gemara, no, it's talking about, where he gave him a box. Then he broke, so he wasn't cutting anything, but he didn't make it any better. He actually just knocked him one nail and destroyed the whole thing. So then he's chayv. But had he made it from wood into a box, then he would have acquired it for himself, and then he would be exempt. Now, that the Gemara asks, how can you say that it's Toma where he gave him a box, but Hamadik Tani safer from the fact that the Mishnah then continues and says, Shedotev Amigdal, that if he gave him a box, that then he'd be chayv. Machal the is obviously the first case of the Mishnah which said the case of that it must be that the Rish is talking about that he didn't give him the box, he just gave him wood. And he made it into a box and then he ruined it, that then he would be chayv. So I mean they said, no, the Mishnah, these two sentences, these two halachas, are not two different halachas. Actually the second one comes to explain the first one. And that is the Mishnah is essentially saying, what is the case that the Mishnah opens up with? When you give something to a craftsman to fix and he ruins it, then he has to pay for it. 
And that explains the Mishnah. The second halach is really explained the first one. Kagain, for example, Shanas and Lachar is the table, make the when you give him a box, and then he knocks in the nail, and then he ruins it, where he didn't make any increase, he never acquired it, then he's chayev for the, for the hazik. But if he had made it into the box, and he was kainit himself for the shvach kli, then he wouldn't be chayev for the box, he just would have to give the guy back his wood itself. Now the Gemara says, actually, the case like it's actually logical to say, but the Gemara is answering that it's not two different cases to resolve it for Avasi, and it's just explaining it. Because the Esau died the Gresha ate him, because if you entertain to say that actually the first halacha is not like Ravasi, that it is wood, and he made it into a box, and then he ruined it, that he would be liable. So then says the Gemara, if Hashta Ashmi'inin Aitzin, Chayyab Nasham, and if the Mishnah already said the first halacha, that even by wood, that the, that the craftsman would be high for the breaking of the box, and that would be a very big chedesh, because it would be Veloyamrin that we do not say, that a craftsman does not acquire the box by his making it increase of making it into the clean in the first place. So if that's the halacha, the first halacha, so she the table make them be biased, so do I need me to tell us that when he was given the box and they broke it, he's giving me chayev? Of course. If even when he was given wood and he made it into the box, he's chayev. For sure, if he's given the box in the first place, he's going to be chayev. Obviously, that it's just explained in the first halacha, because if the first one was eaten, I wouldn't need the second halacha. Now that the Gemara says, no. If that's your whole proof to say that it must be the way Ravasa was answering, then that's not a proof. Because I could tell you, that actually it is two different halachas. The first one is Eitzim, not like Ravasi. But so then why do we say the second case, the Sefer, that would be to reveal and to tell us what the first halacha is telling us. In other words, you shouldn't say that Reisha, that just said this ambiguous statement of that maybe I would have said, oh, that's talking about when you give him a box, where there was no umakayim shvach kli, then he's chayim. Aval Eitzim Loi, but maybe if he gave him wood, that actually then he would not be Chayev, because then I would say, like Ravasi, the Umakan Mishmach Kli, says the Gemara, that's why Tana Sefer, that's why the next halacha comes to tell us a case of Shedat Teva Migdal. We're Machlal, so then the inference is, if that's Tomat Shedat Teva Migdal, the Reisha Eitzim, that must be that the Reisha is Tomat even by regular wood, and even so, that you're going to have to pay. You're right. Once you know the first halacha, the sefer is not teaching us anything. But you had to say that as another case to say that it must be inferentially that the first one is saying a different type of a case, which is even wood, and that's coming to teach us that halacha. And if I could tell you not like Ravasi, but you're right, it's not a right. You could answer that it's sefer is explaining the ratio, but don't prove that it must be like that because then what do you need it for? I could tell you that you really need it to, to reveal that the ratio is talking about a different type of a case, which would be even by Eitzim, which would not be like Ravasi, which would be that Uman is not kind of Meshach Kli, and therefore then he would be chayiv on breaking the box, even though he was given the wood and he himself had turned it into the box.